0: ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا الله فلا مُدلَّلَه وما ومن يضلل فلا لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها امنوا الله فَقَدَ فَازَ عَظِيمًا أَمَّا بَعْدْ We start in the name of Allah the Most High. The one to whom belongs all praise, the one who controls all affairs, the one who gives, the one who takes, glorified and exalted is He. And we send peace and blessings upon the Prophet Muhammad them and his family and his followers until the end of time. Ameen. Our reflections today are around the role of the Prophet ﷺ as a teacher And some of you may be aware that in in the United States this is Teacher Appreciation Week And when we think about the life of the Prophet ﷺ, we think about and reflect upon the life of a master educator And there are many, many examples in the life of the Prophet ﷺ that embody this but we will look at one or two of these examples and then kind of discuss some of the bigger principles that we draw from his life and tie it into some of the things that are going on today. So one of my favorite stories from the life of the Prophet ﷺ is a story of one of the companions. His name is Mu'awiyah ibn al-Hakam al-Sulim And Mu'awiyah ibn al we get the impression from this tradition, from this hadith, that he was a, probably most likely a new convert at the time of this story. And at different points in the last couple of years, we've discussed the importance of taking care of converts and the role of the community as, as, a sense, as a place of home, as a place of growth and comfort towards those who come into the acceptance of the faith of Islam. And when we look at the Prophet we see someone who essentially dealt with an entire community of converts. Everyone in the exam pretty much almost everyone, especially in the early years of the message of Islam, everyone was a convert. And the Prophet sallallahu send understood and, and knew how to deal with this population and how to engage and help to nurture and grow his community. So Mu'awiyah ibn Hakim, he says, One day I was praying with the Prophet sallallahu them They were praying the congregational prayer. He says, And then someone in the congregation sneezed. So Mu'awiyah, you imagine the situation, you know, you're a new Muslim. Everything you learn, you're going to put it into action. So you imagine Mu'awiyah is there and he learns that when someone sneezes, then they're going to say, Alhamdulillah. And what do you say in response? You say, Alhamdulillah. Right? This is a great teaching of Islam. When they sneeze, they say, Alhamdulillah. And then we tell them, May Allah have mercy on you. It's a great example that we learned from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So he says, we're praying in this congregational prayer, and everyone's lined up and they're praying, and this man sneezed. So I turned and I said, Alhamdulillah, in the middle of the prayer. And right, he turns, he says, In the middle of the prayer. And he says, all of the companions And they start to look at him. He says, they kind of like, give me this look with their eyes. And I told them, may your mother, may my mother lose me, why are you all looking at me like this? Imagine the situation, like in the middle of the Salah. He says, what are you looking at? Literally the translation is, what are you looking at? And then he says, they started to slap their thighs, and you know, make this kind of like, noise with, the, with their bodies. And he says, when they did this, I realized that they're trying to get me to be quiet. So I calmed down. And after the salat the Prophet he came to me and he started to say these things to me. And he says, before he says what the Prophet says, he says, He says, By by my mother by my father and by my mother I never saw a teacher before him or after him who was better in education than he was. This is how he introduces the lesson of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He says, he didn't hit me, he didn't strike me, he didn't say anything to me All he said to me was, this prayer of ours The only thing we have in this prayer of ours is SubhanAllah, Allahu Akbar The parts of the prayer itself So this companion, Radiallahu is An, com- is explaining the situation with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi When he came to him And he says, I never saw a teacher before him or after him that was better than he was Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. When we look at the Prophet Sallallahu defining himself, he defines himself as well as a as a teacher. He says that one day the Prophet Sallallahu alaihi wasallam خرج that or Hajari, that he came out of his rooms. You know the rooms that he had next to the how in the masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu alaihi He said, and there is two halabs. So one halaqah is a group of people, they're reading and reciting the Qur'an and they're making du'a. And another halaqah is a group of people who are learning and teaching. And the Prophet said, both of them are doing good things. This first one that's reading Qur'an and they're making du'a, they're doing good things. And the second one that's learning and teaching, they're doing good things. He said, they're both doing good things. But this first one... They're reciting the Quran, inshaAllah Allah will reward them and they're making dua, if Allah wills, He'll give it to them, if He doesn't will, He won't give it to them. He says, but then he sat down with the second one. And he said, He sat down with the second one, he said, I was sent as a teacher, I was sent as an educator. The primary role of the Prophet wasallam is to educate, to educate his followers, to educate those who are even, not even his followers. Maybe those who are against him, those who do not follow him, those who are skeptical of his message, still he plays the role of an educator, regardless of the circumstances and the situations. That is his role. He's defined as such. So again, when we look at the Prophet them, we look at a master educator. And the greatest evidence of his mastery in education is a quote that we've said many, many times of Imam Qarafi. But this quote to me is one of the great evidences of the Prophethood of the Prophet وسلم, and that is you see in his followers. One of the great signs of, a, of an amazing educator is to look at who they've taught. And you see this legacy throughout Muslim history that there's a relationship between students and teachers all the way back to the Prophet There's things that you learn outside of the reading of the book in the everyday life, in the discussions that are had, and the circumstances that are faced they cannot be learned in anywhere else. And so the Prophet wasallam is someone who had sahaba. He had people who spent time with him. And we will come to this again, but Imam al-Qarafi, he said, as we've said before, لَوْ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ That if the Prophet وسلم, had no evidence, no miracle, other than his companions, that would have been enough to prove that he was a messenger. Because he was that good and masterful as a teacher. And they learned that from him. Education in Islam is not something that is simply informational. And this is something that we absolutely must understand as a people. Education in Islam is not something that is only about information. It's not just that I've learned now these pieces of the Qur'an. I'm familiar with these technical exercises in some area of Islamic studies. But it is, a, it is an exercise that touches every part of our lives And this is why Ibn Ashur rahimahullah, In his tafsir of the Qur'an When he's talking about Surah Al-Fatiha And he talks about how Allah describes himself In the beginning of the Qur'an As Rabb That he describes himself All praises due to Allah The Rabb of the entire creation Because Allah is the one who takes care of everything he is the one who nurtures everything. He is the one who cultivates everything. He is the one who does tarbiyah to the entire existence that is around us. And a tarbiyah is kamalihi uh, That to take something to its perfection step by step. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes the creation step by step to where it needs to be. The Prophet sallallahu takes his followers and he takes his people step by step to where they need to be. And so Allah refers to himself in these early verses as ar rub And this is not simply educational The great example of the Prophet them is that the Prophet taught us how to live He didn't just teach us hadith, he didn't just teach us Qur'an He didn't just you know, tell us do this and don't do that But he taught us up to the tiniest of details How it is that we should be living our lives And this is why Allah Taala says لَقَلَ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَسْوَةٌ that in the Prophet ﷺ, You have a great example An example in all things An example in how to deal with one another An example of how to engage financial transactions An example of how to deal with employees Or people who are considered to be inferior to you socially Or whatever it might be In the Prophet ﷺ, There is an example for all things And so the teacher is something that is central To Muslim thought from the time of the Prophet ﷺ, all the way up to today And the teacher is something that is central of Muslim thought Not again because of that information But because of how they live And this is why Imam Malik عنه, When his mother sent him To, turn, to, to learn from Rabi'ah to رأي, This great scholar of his time And Imam Malik was a young man And she took him And she wrapped his turban in a beautiful way And she made sure that his clothes was very nice And she said Go to him اذهب, اذهب من الربع وتعلم من حلمه قبل علمه she said, go to ربيع and learn from his حلم. Learn from his character, from his conduct, the way that he is, before you learn from his knowledge. Because that way that he is, is the inheritance of the Prophet them, And why the Prophet them said that the, that the scholars are the inheritors of the Prophets. The Prophets did not leave behind wealth, they left behind knowledge. And that knowledge is a knowledge that expands to every area of life, that expands to how we are as human beings. We see this in the way that people learned from the Prophet and we see this in the legacy that they continued after him. Again, the legacy of the Prophet is a legacy of sahbah. People who understood that even if I was to learn every verse from the Prophet there's still a merit in being with him. And this is why, as we mentioned before, that Abu Bakr radiAllahu before the Hijrah, he wanted to delay as much as possible. The Prophet sallAllahu alaihi wasallam given permission to make Hijrah to emigrate from Mecca to Medina. And many of his companions go ahead before him. Many of them go ahead. Only a small number are left behind. Abu Bakr radiAllahu Ali their families, and Abu Bakr prepares these camels just in case he can go with the Prophet sallAllahu so that when the permission comes from Allah For the Prophet to make this immigration And he comes to the house of Abu Bakr in the middle of the day And Abu Bakr knows what's going on And the Prophet tells him I've been given permission to make the hijrah Ya Abu Bakr And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu He responds with only one thing as ya Rasulullah Do I get to go with you? It wasn't just It's been revealed it's, Do I get to go with you? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Responded by saying As-sohbah ya Abu Bakr That you get to go with you and so this legacy of being with people of knowledge and respecting and appreciating people of knowledge is something from the beginning of Islam all the way up until today. Although unfortunately it has waned somewhat in some places and times for a various number of reasons. You see this also with the example of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhum. The Ibn Abbas anhu was someone who died very early in the life of the Prophet. Or The Prophet died very early in his life. He was roughly in his early teens. When the Prophet died and he was one of the great scholars of the companions. And his respect for knowledge was very, very beautiful. That he used to say, I would, want, I would hear that one of the companions had learned about, they had a hadith that I didn't have. Right, This companion has a hadith that I don't have. He says, I know that if I called to them, they would come to me. Because of my position with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Because Ibn Abbas is the son of Abbas Who's the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu I send He's his cousin So if he asks for someone from the companions to come to him They will come to him Because they're the family of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Ibn Abbas he says So I would go myself And I would go to the home of the person And I would sleep on the ground in front of their home And wait for them to come out and when they came out of their home i would ask them i heard that you have this hadith of the prophet sallallahu Send them, and i would get that piece of knowledge ibn abbas went to one of the great other companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they were they were having this this conversation about knowledge and when the person i believe it was zayd got up onto his uh, ride you know his donkey or his mount ibn abbas radhiyallahu anhu he took the reins of the ride and he went to guide it and be you know Respectful to this companion of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He said, don't do that O, fa- o cousin of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Don't grab the reins of my animal He feels shy That the Prophet's cousin is going to treat him this way Even though he's one of the great scholars of the companions Ibn Abbas R.A. he responded He said This is how we were commanded Meaning it was came from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He said, this is how we were commanded To interact with our scholars and this companion he told Ibn Abbas Extend your hand And when he extended his hand He grabbed his hand and he kissed his hand He said He kissed his hand and he said This is how we were commanded To deal with the family of the Prophet So this great legacy is in the details Of how the people live their lives And when we look at the Prophet We look at someone who had the voice Of an educator an educator who taught his people, and by extension us, that success is not material success. The Prophet lived by example that the most important thing is not how much money you make in life, it is how you touch other people's lives. And if you are able to touch other people's lives, you will leave a legacy that goes beyond the temporal life that you live. But if your only concern is material advancement and professional you know, development and all these kind of things, then people's lives will not be touched and you will have lost the legacy of the Prophet One beautiful example of this, is one of the companions, his name was Ab-Tufail ibn Amr al-Dawsi al tufail was someone who came from outside of Mecca. See how the Prophet وسلم, touched the life of this human being, he came from outside of Mecca when he came. he was a prominent person. He was a poet. He was very knowledgeable, very respected. He came to Mecca, the people of Quraysh, they told him, they said, Look at Tufail, there's this guy amongst us. He's saying all these crazy things. You don't want to listen to him. If you hear him, you will be, you know, enthralled by the things that he says, and you will be misled and you're going to be lost. And be very careful of this person. So Tufail, he was so worried about it, he took some pieces of stuff and he put them in his ears so when he goes into the city of Mecca he will not hear the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He says, when I went into the city and I saw him praying next to the Kaaba, and I happened to get a glimpse of some of the things that he was saying and I thought to myself, what is wrong with you Tufayl? You're a poet, you're the leader of a people you're a respectable person you understand beauty from falsehood you understand right from wrong why don't you listen to what this person says? He says, I went to the Prophet I followed him to his home and I told them, Ya Muhammad, they told me not to listen to you. They told me this was going to happen. They kept making me afraid of you. They told me all of these things. But I saw you and I wanted to hear what you had to say. So tell me what is it that you brought. And the Prophet them began to recite some verses of the Qur'an to him. And he recited these verses to him and he says, This is the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard. And this is the truth. And he accepted Islam at that moment. But Tufayl ibn Amr, he had this feeling about his people, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa Make dua, it's not necessarily at this exact moment But he went to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa and he told him Make dua that Allah, you know, takes my people because my people are bad people The people that I come from, they're bad people Make dua against them, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam It's not just that he brought him into the message of Islam It is where he took him after the message of Islam he Told him, make dua against my people, he said, listen but Tufail, listen, ukraj إِلَىٰ قَوْمِكَ فَدَعُوهُمْ وَارْفَقْ بِهِمْ He said, Ya Tufail, go to your people, call them to Islam, and be gentle with them. The Prophet also said in another place, In a لَا la فِي fi shay'in illa zana, wa la yunza'u min shay'in illa That gentleness is not put in anything except that it adorns it, and is not taken from anything except that it makes it ugly. He told the Tufail, he said, Go to your people. Call them and be nice to them. Teach them the message of Islam. At-Tufayl he says, after I went back to my people, and after the Prophet sallallahu made hijrah to Medina, then we came to Medina. Who came? At-Tufayl came by himself. Tufail came to Medina with 70 or 80 families from the people of Dos. One person. One person under the tutelage of the Prophet ﷺ, and it's not a lot of words. He understood deeply the message of Islam and he was able to convey that to his people such that 70 or 80 of the families of his tribe came to Medina as believers in the message of the Prophet ﷺ. This is someone who touched other people's lives in a very deep way. The prophetic voice that we also see from the, the Messenger ﷺ is a prophetic voice that rises above it rises above many of the challenges and and problems that we have in our minds and in our hearts. The Prophet had a voice that was concerned for the oppressed and the marginalized. He said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, fi wa bi Sallallahu wa He said, "Seek me in the weak and the marginalized, because you are given victory and you are given sustenance." by those who are weak among you. Think about this message. Think about how our community internally and externally deals with the issues of the weak, the problems of the elderly, the issues of the mentally ill, those who are economically, socially, politically marginalized, don't have the ability to exercise agency for themselves, are not respected by institutions oftentimes like law enforcement. How would the Prophet ﷺ respond in light of this statement to what's been going on in Baltimore, what's been going on all around our country in terms of issues related to law enforcement and the abuse of human beings. I read a statistic earlier, a week or two ago, that in between the years of roughly the mid-2000s, over 4,000 human beings died in the United States under police custody. What would the Prophet them, say about these issues? And that doesn't mean that you have to riot, it doesn't mean that you have to rebel, but it does mean that you have to have a voice. A voice that is prophetic. The voice of the Prophet was a prophetic voice. And it was a voice that taught us as well that someone has to take the high ground. Someone has to take the moral high ground in the end. If everyone is taking justice, if everyone is taking their peace, there's not going to be a whole lot left. And the Prophet them taught us that in the message of Islam, mercy supersedes justice. Justice is extremely, extremely important, but mercy supersedes it. And this is why Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala, when He created the creation, He said, Rahmati سَبَقَتَ That my mercy has preceded my wrath. My mercy is far, is beyond my wrath. And so the Prophet them gives us a voice of justice and a voice of mercy. That teaches us how to deal with many of the situations that we're facing today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in Good and bad are not equal. They are not. This is a rule. In our minds, every single day of our lives, good and bad are not equal. They are not the same. They do not hold the same weight. They do not affect people in the same way. ادفع باللتي هي Repel that which is bad, with that which is better and the, and the one that is between you and them some animosity it will go away, it will be as if they are the closest of friends but then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says What? It is not easy to take the moral high ground and the message of the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam is a message that uplifts us and gives us the strength and the ability to seek Allah so that we can also seek the moral high ground because it is not easy, Allah says afterwards وَمَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا And nobody will have this except those who exercise patience. وَمَا يُلَقَاهَا إِلَّا And nobody will accept it, receive it except those who have been given a great thing. They've been given this. It's very difficult to accomplish. The Prophet had some very impressive enemies who also became the closest of his followers Amr ibn al-As, Abu Sufyan, Khalid ibn Walid, never lost a battle before Islam or after Islam. Umar ibn Khattab Anhu All of them, these people were great enemies of Islam who were also afterwards turned into great followers and great people who are committed to Islam. So we should never lose hope just as the Prophet never lost hope that these people who are enemies to Islam can be guided. People who are enemies of Islam can become supporters of Islam, people who seek To crush the Muslim community can also be uplifted. And our goal and our message is not a message of vengeance. Our goal and our message is not a vengeance, Is not a message of of destruction or taking other people out. Our goal and our message is a message of mercy. And this is embodied in the example of the Prophet and one of the greatest things that we learn from him. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Salatu Continue as the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa is from the greatest of teachers. The greatest teacher to ever walk the face of the earth is the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa also taught us that we must be good to our parents. And the people of Islam are people who have always re- re- realized and acknowledged the right of parents over, one, over each other, over ourselves. It's not always easy, especially in a culture and environment that doesn't promote it. But the rights of parents are something that has to be also acknowledged. Uh, and the Prophet them taught us that we must acknowledge our fathers, we must acknowledge our mothers, we must know that they have benefited us. Yes. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam encouraged us to be good to them Yes, all of these things But in the end we think about stuff like Abu Hanifa radiallahu anh, He says that after his parents he Used to make dua in every single prayer and sujood for his parents Even in the Quran we learn the importance of making dua for one's parents
1: So we should make this a habit
0: that we are involved in Regardless of days that celebrate or not And whatever people think about that or not is your own you know, issue we also learned from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, and this will be my closing remark for today and uh, you know to the community is he, learned, he taught us as well to respect and acknowledge people of knowledge and the Prophet وسلم, said <laughs> That the one who does not show mercy to our young and reverence to our elderly and does not know the right of the scholar amongst us, then they are not from us. And alhamdulillah, this community has been blessed by having a new imam that will be starting here in the masjid next week. And although I cannot claim that I know Sheikh Atif very well, uh, I have good hope and good optimism that he will be of benefit to the community, and I pray that the community will welcome him and support him and benefit from him as well. It's not easy to be an Imam for as long as he has been an Imam. He was an Imam in Pittsburgh for something like seven years. And the community there was very upset when he left. So the community here should show generosity and courtesy to him and him, welcoming him into this community. And I'll leave you with one story that happened to us on Wednesday, earlier this week. On Wednesday, we were in the airport, my wife and I, and we were sitting in the terminal we're waiting to get on the, on the plane. And a brother came up to us and he said, you know, are you, you know, so-and-so. He asked who we are. And I said, yes. And he's like, you know, I've, I've, I've read some of your work. And He said, I'm actually a friend of Sheikh Atif's. And this is what struck me. He said, I'm a friend of Sheikh Atif's. I said, really? That's, you know, that's good. Alhamdulillah. He said, yeah, I actually drove his car over here. So the brother drove his car from Pittsburgh to here. ...dropped off the stuff and he was getting on a plane to go back uh, to where he stopped to visit family and so on... ...but he was getting on a plane to go back. Again, I don't know a whole lot about Sheikh Atif, but I think that it shows a lot about a person... ...if someone is willing to drive across the country for them just to drop off their car as they're making a move like that. So we ask Allah wa ta'ala to make his work easy here and to bless him and his family for making the big move that they're making and to make it beneficial for the community inshallah, We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings, accept from us our deeds and enter us into paradise. Give us the good of this world and the next, and help us to be sources of mercy and generosity and kindness and goodness and light in everything that we do. Oh Allah, give food to the hungry, give shelter to the shelterless, give victory to those who are oppressed. Oh Allah, help us to reach the month of Ramadan. And let it be a means of purification and elevation for us. Allāhumma fi lna dhanūbinā wa israfan fī al-amīna wa tabiṭa b Allāhumma ba'dik fīna wa bayna wa alaf bīna qulūbīna wa sifūfīna. Allāhumma kun ma'na wa lakun 'alayna. Un sabr qanamustaghfir fikunī ma kān ifṭah alayna fī taḥūyālīm. Allāhumma 'alīmna ma nfa'ala ma nfa'ala bima 'adamtina wazidna yamin wa 'amal insanīḥa. Allāhumma taqabbal minna wa 'afu 'anna wa ba'dilna ramadan. Allāhumma ba'dilna ramadan. Allāhumma ba'ildna ramadan. وآتنا في يجدني حسنا وفي الآخرة حسنا وان هذا بالنا وسلم على سيدنا محمد